Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. I'm so glad you're joining me for this week's episode because we have another great story to share with you. This week, I had a conversation with Brittany Blackburn, and Brittany is an adoption social worker turned stay-at-home mom and freelance writer. She is the author of two books. Her first book was called Desert Song, Claiming Joy While Walking the Wilderness, which was published in 2017. And her second book is You Are a Superhero Too. And it's a children's book that was launched in 2020 that is written to the siblings of individuals with special needs. Both these books are great books. And you're going to get to hear more about her writing and more about her story in this episode. She lives in Sugarland, Texas, and has been married to her husband, Brandon, for nearly 15 years. They have two daughters, Clara, who is nine, who has Cohen syndrome, and Camille, who is seven, who is the sibling to Clara and is neurotypical. We had a fabulous conversation, and I know that you're going to get to love getting to hear more from Brittany and her story. I know it will be an encouragement to you as you get to hear about her life and her journey. So here's the conversation that I had with Brittany Blackburn. Hey, Brittany, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast today. I'm excited to get to have this conversation with you. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here and I'm so excited and I love all the things that you're doing with your ministry. And so just the chance to get to hop on and chat with you for a little bit. I'm, I'm honored. Well, I'm, I, I'm so glad you found us and that you connected with us. And, you know, this is the first time we have actually ever had a conversation, but right. I have to say, <laughs> I kind of feel like I know you because yes. I got your book, your first book over mm-hmm. the weekend, and I've been reading through it. And so I feel like I've gotten to know you. In fact, yesterday I'm sitting at my desk and I'm reading part of your story and I'm crying and I'm going to go to Kim and I'm like, Kim, I'm doing this interview tomorrow and I'm sitting here crying about this story. And anyway, so I feel like, yeah, I love that you're, that you feel like you're getting to know me through the words on the page. That's a, that's a big compliment. So, um, so thank you. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about about your books and your writing as, as we get in, but no, I do. I feel like I know a whole, but like, <laughs> this, this is one of the times I've come into an interview with someone I've never met before that I'm like, right. Feel like I know her already. Like we, yes. could, we just oh, sat down it. and had a cup of coffee and yes. had a conversation <laughs> through her book. Yes, so absolutely. Well, I would love to know or for our listeners to know a little bit about your family, where you live and who's in your family. Yeah. So, um, we live out, my family lives outside of Houston, Texas. We're in uh, Sugarland, Texas. So Southwest Houston, and there's four of us. My um, Brandon, my husband and I, Brandon have been married for almost 15 years. And then we have two girls, uh, two kiddos, Clara, who is nine. And she is our kiddo with special needs. She has a rare genetic syndrome called Cohen syndrome. And then Camille, who is neurotypical, and she's seven or seven and a half. Is she? Yeah, would, yeah. But don't forget that half. Me, you yeah. know that half is a big deal at this age. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah. So Clara goes to school full time, and then uh, Camille is home with me 
part-time homeschool, part-time uh, in school in person. So that is our family. That is your family. Yeah. Well, I know you talked a little bit about Clara and her diagnosis and I've got to tell you, this is the first time I've heard of Cohen's Cohen's yes. syndrome. Is that correct? Cohen syndrome. Yes, so that's correct. Yeah. Tell a little bit about the syndrome, what it is, and then how it impacts her, how it impacts your family. Mm-hmm. What is it? What does your day-to-day look like when you're dealing with this right. diagnosis? Yeah, absolutely. So Cohen syndrome is a autosomal recessive genetic disease. Um, so genetic condition. So any child born to my husband and I have a 25% chance of being affected by Cohen syndrome. Um, not something we knew, um, ahead of time. Um, but when she was about four to six months old, we started noticing, um, you know, differences. She wasn't Mm -hmm. hitting those milestones. Um, you know, all the social milestones were really our first red flags that something was going on. She, no babbling, no social smiling. No, she wasn't really making eye contact with us, looking past us, not really, um, engaging in that type Mm -hmm. of thing. And so anyway, that just, that's what started us on a journey pretty early on with her, um, to eventually get to our diagnosis of Cohen syndrome, but Cohen syndrome affects, um, all it's basically global developmental delay. So she's delayed across the board. Um, and then it affects, um, intellectual, uh, functioning as well. So she's, you know, nine years old, but probably functioning more at a 20, um, 12 to 24 month old. So one to two year old, um, she will most likely probably always live with us. Mm -hmm. Um, and she needs help with, um, all personal care. So, you know, we're helping her with getting dressed, using the restroom, brushing teeth, you know, all of those things Mm -hmm. that my seven-year-old can do. Right. Um, we are doing for Clara or with Clara. Mm -hmm. Um, she, she does not speak at all, but she is learning. She's never spoken, but she's learning to communicate through an iPad um, app mm-hmm. called Perla Quote to Go. So she's really doing well with that, which is really fun to see. And um, yeah, and she's, you know, she's a joy. One thing I tell people that um, about Cohen syndrome that not a lot of people realize is a symptom or a characteristic is a cheerful disposition. Wow. And that is been the coolest part I think of Cohen syndrome and how Cohen syndrome has blessed our family yeah. is, you know, we have this child that has a lot of challenges on paper, mm-hmm. you know, she's, um, disabled in so many ways, but then we have this child that is our shining example of being joyful. Well, that leads right in to some of the things that I read in the first book that you wrote desert mm-hmm. song. And Uh, Like I said, I got it over the weekend. I started reading it on Sunday, sitting at my desk, crying, reading yesterday. And and I love something that you, that you share in the introduction that kind of flows right out of what you just said. And I actually would love for you to read it if you don't mind, but it's in the introduction. Okay. And uh, read the section about where you talk about joy. Okay. Yeah. I would be happy to do that because you see. Sometimes God makes it clear that the life you envisioned is not the life to which he has called you. Oh, it's going to make me cry a little bit. Oh, it's okay. And in this moment of revelation, you get a choice. You can choose to wallow and sulk and become bitter and angry, or you can choose to make room in your heart for different, whatever different may be at that moment. If you do the work, really wrestle through the letdowns and emotions and spend time watering any seed of faith you have left, 
you just might find joy and beauty on the other side. Joy and beauty, even in the middle of the wandering. Because, sweet friend, joy is available even in the middle of our pain. Joy is not tied to our circumstances. What a sweet blessing and promise from our Father. Mm, and I love that line, that sentence about joy is available even in the middle of our mm -hmm. pain. And you know, yeah. you and I, just from reading your book, we both have experienced pain, not just in the special needs world. Yeah. We'll get a little bit further right. into yeah. that, but um, that joy can be found even in the midst of our sorrow, even in the midst of our pain and that it, it truly is a choice. It is a choice. It really is. Yeah. Yes. So it really is. What are some of the things that you've done over the years that have helped you choose joy instead of wallowing in the heart? Because you know what? We, our natural instinct is to want to go to the pit, want to wallow in the heart, right. bring everybody else with us right. and it impacts right. everybody around us. But what have you done to put in your life to go, no, I'm going to choose joy. What does that look like right. for you in your world? Yeah. So, um, you know, one thing I think about is Lisa Turkhurst has this quote, um, you know, the mind feasts on what it focuses mm -hmm. on. And I love that so much. And I think about that a lot. So basically, you know, what she's saying there is what we focus on grows. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just that idea of um, daily choosing my thoughts daily, you know, and so often we don't, we don't think we have a choice. We just think, you know, what pops into right. our head, that's what's there. And, you know, but it's really taking those thoughts captive, choosing those thoughts and laying this is kind of ties in, but laying my expectations mm -hmm. down, giving my expectations. And sometimes this is, you know, expectations on a whole. Sometimes this is, this is not necessarily a once and done thing, mm -hmm. but laying my expectations back at the foot of the cross, handing them back over to Jesus. Um, you know, because I think what it comes down to for me is, you know, we have this one life, right? right. We've been given one life. And I guess I, I know if I don't actively hand over those expectations back to Jesus, back to Jesus, I'm prone to mm -hmm. bitterness. Yes. The, the things I mentioned, bitterness, anger, mm -hmm. resentment, comparison, frustration, mm -hmm. right? And I just had to get to a place where I refuse to live my one life constantly, you know, drowning in those mm -hmm. emotions. Yeah. I just, I just don't want to be that person. And again, not that we don't, it's a both and thing, right? Like we can, it's not that we don't go through those hard days or those hard moments or, you know, goodness, I just lost my patience with my girls, you know, not that long ago. Um, but we can still have those hard moments, mm -hmm. but as a whole, you know, try to, um, lay those expectations back yeah. down, choose our thoughts. And I mean, a real practical thing, honestly, for us is choosing to find the fun and the joy in, in every day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, that looks like, you know, my daughter, Clara might not be able to do most of the things that her sibling can do or that kids her age can do, mm -hmm. but, you know, we can make up the silliest songs and she will giggle her little heart mm -hmm. out. You know, yeah. we can make up these silly dances and do like, I mean, if you had a video camera, you would just like, what are they doing? But it gets her laughing and it gets her smiling. And then it gets the whole family mm -hmm. smiling and laughing and connecting. And it's just things like that. Like, okay, God, I'm going to hand you these expectations, but I'm going to, I'm going to choose to find the fun mm -hmm. here. 
and find the joy and, um, you know, so for me that that's, and then gratitude is a huge gratitude uh, is, I mean, like for me, that is the one thing that will shift my negative attitude every single time. Right. 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 And I, and I know, and it's so true and gratitude on one hand, you know, it's everybody's talking about it and it sounds like a cliche answer on, on one hand, but it's It's so true, you know, just stopping to say, to say, okay, God, you know, and again, like what you focus on grows. Mm -hmm. So I can, I'm going to stop. And I'm sometimes I have to close my eyes, you know, as long as I'm not driving, (laughs) close my eyes and say, okay, God, what, what joy did you bring to me Mm -hmm. today? You know, that can be the tiniest things that can be, you know, the flowers blooming in the backyard. Mm -hmm. That can be a hot cup of coffee with my daughter snuggled up next to me. That could be, you know, a nice, an easy parking spot, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things like you, we can choose to acknowledge those. And, um, and when we're focusing there, oddly enough, you know, I find more joy. Um, and, and that grows, right. Mm -hmm. The joy grows, the um, contentment grows. And, um, so yeah, gratitude's a huge piece for me. Same here. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things it's like, it's, if you, if you're not in the practice of doing that, it seems like how in the world, you know, how in the world do I even get there? But it's just right. like, just that little, those little steps of going, okay, I'm going to see the flip side of this. I'm going to choose to see the grad. I'm going to choose to find things that are grateful in this situation. And once you start doing that, I mean, for me, I notice like, I feel better. I am happier. Yes. I'm more joyful. Yes. And then it's like, I want more of this. And so it's just like, just this. making yes. that choice to go, okay to catch those thoughts when they come in. Right. And then realign yes. them. Realign them. Absolutely. And then, like you said, it snowballs. It does. Right. It's, it, it snowballs. It, it's going to snowball either way, whether we're focusing on the good and the joy and the, um, those little miracles that God's gives us, or if we are choose to focusing on the, on all the things we don't have mm-hmm. or the things we think we're missing out yeah. on. And you know, it it all snowballed. The the saying that everybody knows comparison is the thief of joy. And, Mm -hmm, you know, when we mm -hmm. start comparing our lives to others, when we start thinking about what we don't have, then, oh my goodness, it just, that's the biggest joy robber out there. And I think, yeah, absolutely. And I think another piece of that, that um, God's been bringing to my mind recently is just, you know, we think, you know, or we tend to glorify maybe what we don't have. Right right? We assume, we make these assumptions about, um, what our life might be like. So for like, for me, you know, it's easy to make assumptions, um, that a life without special needs might be easier or better or more joyful, or, you know, insert whatever adjective you want there, right? We make those assumptions, but we don't actually know what, I don't actually know what my life would be Mm. like without special needs. Right. Right. And, and so sometimes I think God is, you know, if maybe the thing that I think I would want, I would never actually want if I could see it from God's perspective. Right. Like sometimes I think the things that God allows us to walk through is really for our protection. Mm. And that is so comforting and powerful to me. And that is a piece that helps me strip away the comparison Mm -hmm. or or, or wanting something different yeah. or con- or the resentment and the anger, mm-hmm. because I'm like, maybe, maybe, you know, I don't know, but maybe God and his, 
kindness and his goodness and his protection over me and my family, he is giving us, this is why he's given us special needs, right? We, we actually don't know what our life would look mm-hmm. like without it. Yeah. And it might not be a life I exactly. want. Exactly. Exactly. If I could see it for, from his, mm-hmm. his, um, his view. From his view. And, and, yeah, and I think when we can get to that place of, I remember when my husband and I slowly over years got to this place of accepting that this was God's goodness for us. It was what yes. his best was for us. Then not that the hard days went away, not that those challenges right. stopped, but it was the whole attitude shift of going when yes. you can, when we can see this, no, this is a blessing. Yes. Then our whole attitude shifts. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I love in your book, as I was reading through, there's a section where you start talking about you're, you're just kind of in the, the early phases of figuring out the special needs life and like, okay, right. Like something's <laughs> not right here, but we don't know yet what it is. Yes. And, and you tell right. about going in for the, your daughter's um, 15 month well check. And you write about the conversation back and forth between you and the nurse yes. and, and like, yes. hey, does your child say three to five words? No. Does your no. child follow simple, simple, you know, instructions like bring me the ball? No. And then no. on and on and on. And I thought this was yes. so our story. It's like those right. silly milestone books that tell you what your child should be doing. And then you're looking right. at it going, okay, we're not doing any of these and that feeling of, you know, oh my goodness, this is really real. Was that kind of a light bulb moment for you of going, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. I think this, you know, there's something here. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's interesting thinking about that moment, you know, brings it all back. I, I remember sitting there and I was, you know, the nurse was going through those questions and Clara was sitting on this little exam table and she was, you know, her little hands could hardly, you know, move anything Mm -hmm. around. And she was trying to play with this little, wooden. you know, they have the games and the puzzles there for kids to play. And she was trying to pick up a piece and she couldn't hardly pick it up, much less navigate it to where it needed to go. So I was sitting there watching her struggle. And then the nurse you know, audibly, I was listening to her ask me these questions. And then I'm like verbally speaking all the delays back out mm-hmm. loud. Right. And I think in that moment, I, you know, I can joke about it now, but it it was a meltdown of all meltdowns. And that poor nurse was like, what, you know, had no idea mm-hmm. what she was getting herself into that day. But I think it just, I just let it all, all come out that day. Um, but it was, it was a moment of, okay. It, it, God did really use that appointment to, um, kind of give me that stirring that, okay, this is, this is going to be a lifelong journey Mm -hmm. for us. Like I just had this feeling in my gut and, um, of the Holy spirit just saying, okay, this is, this is a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not, this is not just one little thing we're trying to figure out. This is, this is going to be part of your story. Yeah. So, and and choosing to accept that story that God's writing the story is again, goes back to that. Right. And then when the joy comes in, when we can, it all, it all circles back, back around. It all circles back. back. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think we, we go through all these things in life, special needs or otherwise. And, you know, it's, we seem to think we're on, you know, this plan B, we had this plan A Mm -hmm. and we're on plan B for, you know, and we're navigating through it, but really it's coming to that realization of, 
no, no, this was actually God's plan. Right. Right. That's, that's what my All friend along. Sandra Peoples talks right? about. Yeah. That, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, that this is actually plan, plan a. a. Yeah. Um, and it's like, and it's hard to get to that point. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think once we can baby step our way to yeah. that perspective, oh gosh, it just opens up so mm-hmm. much room for, for joy yeah. and peace and contentment. Mm-hmm. And I love what you just said, the baby steps. It's not, it's not going to yes, happen yes. automatically. It's not going to, it's, it's that daily making that daily choice of choosing, right. okay, I'm going to see this through how God sees it. I'm going to. And then when those hard things come up to be able to know God's our loving father, take them to him, um, which when we're, yes. when we're in the throes of it, it's really challenging. Um, right. But there is great joy that comes when we can, you know, it was my, my late husband in his first book talking about milestones. He had, he had written about mm-hmm. how, you know, those, the, the, those baby books that you get, I don't know if they still do that, but when my son was born 24 years ago, you had these baby books mm-hmm. and you would write down them, you know, oh, they walked at this age and, oh, they talked yes. word at this age and, you know, all that. And there was nothing. I mean, like we weren't writing anything in there mm-hmm. because he wasn't able to do it. And he, he yeah. talked about wanting to take all those baby books and like build a big bonfire and just burn them all. And just <laughs> like, we, you know, create our own. Yes. And, and in yes. coming to that place of just going, all right, this is our life. God loves us. Mm-hmm. This is his good. Um, but that doesn't go without grief. And that doesn't come right. along without grieving those losses. And you write some in your book about grief. Um, mm-hmm. You and I have both experienced grief, the loss of a loved one, me through my husband. And in the book, this is when I sat at my desk and cried at your breakdown of when you lost your son, the oh, timeline. Yes. And I was just, I was in the room with you. I felt like I was literally <laughs> in, I think it was room 312. Is that right? Yes. I yes. felt like I was literally in room 312, walking through the loss of your infant son. Your, and oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that grief and special needs grief, they're, they're similar, but different. So right. you've experienced the loss of a child. I've experienced mm-hmm. the loss of a husband, but the loss, when we look at the special needs world, right. It's a little different because it's kind of an ongoing thing. So what are some yeah. of your thoughts that you share in your writing about grief and how to process through grief? Yeah. So I think, you know, the main thing, the main thing for me, and it sounds so simple, right. But is first of all, just letting myself feel the feelings Mm -hmm. that come up, you know, letting myself not feeling shame or guilt or thinking I should be farther along Mm -hmm. than I am. And just letting myself, um, be sad and work through that. Um, and so I think, you know, that's, that's one thing. And then, you know, I also think too, for grief, um, just being really honest about how you're feeling and what you need, mm-hmm. um, you know, in my grief, just being vulnerable with people. Um, and that's, and that's hard to do. Um, but I think just, you know, when we lost our son, just being, um, upfront about, you know, how I was struggling, what I needed, mm-hmm. um, and just letting people show up for me. Mm. And, and the same is true, you know, even now for special needs. And again, like you said, like the grief is very different. Um, 
And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that I feel grief on a daily basis with Clara by any means, but it's those, you know, milestones, little milestones Mm -hmm. or those moments you're not expecting that just kind of hit you out of the blue. blue. No, one of the, the quotes from your book about grief is where you say grief is vital, but it's not our forever home. Right. And, you know, right. I've experienced that in my own grief walk of going, like you said, it's like you, when those feelings come up, it's not healthy for us to stuff them down. It's like, what I found for me is like, I kind of have to, to sit there for a little bit right, and feel that and process through that. And then, but I don't stay there. That's not my, like you said, right. it's not my forever home. It's right. And same thing, like with my son, right. when there's something, you know, we're at the age now he's 24. So now friends, kids are, um, getting married, having children, Mm -hmm. that's not going to be my life, you know, and sometimes it stings, but that's not my forever home and my life. The path God has me on is beautiful and tailored just for me. So how have you found, you know, that grief for grief, not to be your forever home? What are, what are steps you do to to go? Okay. This is important, but this is not my forever home. Right. Yeah. I think, um, Well, you know, like we've already said, letting myself feel it and then choosing to, you know, it's, it goes back to the mindset Mm -hmm. thing for me, choosing again, not stuffing it. You know, I still have moments, even just the past few weeks we've been dealing with, you know, issues of Clara and potty training. We're still in the throes of potty training and not having a lot of success. You know, we're four years in and, you know, now at night she's, stripping off her clothes and we're walking in, in the morning to lots of mess and that type of thing. And, you know, and some days I just get so frustrated and so tired Mm and, um, even a little angry, which I know is really grief. Right. Right. Um, you know, but then it's just like, okay, I'm going to let myself feel this. I'm going to let myself be frustrated because it is frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You You can't deny it. It is is frustrating. It is frustrating. frustrating. I'm, and I'm very tired. Right. And, um, and, and I'm overwhelmed, but okay, but I'm going to, I'm going to let myself feel it. And then I'm going to hand it back, those feelings back over to God. And I'm going to ask him to fill me up with his joy, his strength, mm. his peace. Right. And then I'm choosing, just training my thoughts and my eyes to see the beauty and the joy that's mm. right in front of me. Yeah. So, right. I can, I can literally go from that frustrating interaction mm-hmm. That makes me sad. It makes me frustrated yeah, it and angry. It also makes me sad. It is sad. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes me sad to then, you know, just my daughter like pulling me, you know, she does, like I said, she doesn't speak, but she'll take me by the hand and pull me where she wants to go. And she'll pull me up on the couch and nuzzle her little head mm-hmm. up next to me. And just the beauty of that moment. And it's like, okay, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is. So it's, it's both and right. Mm-hmm. It's like the grief and the joy, yeah. allowing yourself to feel both feelings. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, to really focus on the gifts and the gifts is that I have this beautiful daughter. That's, um, a light to me and to so many other people. Yeah. And she brings so much joy and laughter and peace. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I learn more about Jesus from Clara, yeah. from this child that's never spoken a word mm-hmm. than I have from, you know, people, well-known speakers up on a stage. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's just, um, choosing to focus there. Yeah. Um, and I, that's what helps me not get stuck in my, in those moments of grief mm-hmm. is just 
seeing the bigger picture of who Clara is and what she brings to our family and to others and how God's weaving that all together. Yeah. And, you know, kind of what you were saying there goes back to that gratitude piece, you know, that when you're, when you're in the throes of cleaning up the mess and when you're in the throes of like, so sad and this, and it is sad, but then being able to shift it to going, okay, God, we've got clean sheets to put back on the bed. We have clean clothes. We have a, we have a washer and dryer. We, you know, all the things that can help take care of this problem. Right. Right in our home. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The gratitude of, you know, yes, I'm cleaning up these messes and and yes, there's these other challenges. Absolutely. But I have this happy child, Mm -hmm. you know, I have this joy filled, happy child. Mm -hmm that wakes up every day. I mean, it can, it brings tears to my eyes just thinking about it, but she wakes up every day, ready to face the day, not worry, not filled with worry, not filled yeah. with pride, not filled with her own ego, not, and you know, not, um, judging other people right. or she's, she, all those things that we, you know, that we that struggle, struggle with, with every you know, minute. We I mean, struggle yeah. Right. Yeah. All of those, uh, those of us that, you know, quote unquote, don't have any disabilities right. yet here's my child that has all these challenges on paper, but oh my word, she's just this beautiful mm-hmm. picture. And right. It's just holding gratitude for that every yeah. day. And that's what keeps me centered yeah. and keeps me, um, you know, able to balance those moments of grief yeah, and absolutely just keeping that perspective. Yeah. So. It's huge. And it's hard to do We're not saying it's an, it's so do, hard, but it's, yes. it is a practice. It's, it's, it's a, a practice. practice. It's you, a discipline. It is. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is. And because I don't want people to hear and think that, oh, this just comes so naturally <laughs> no. for me because it, it does yeah. not, it does not. Yeah. It, it has been, you know, I'm only nine years into this, but it's taken nine years mm. of practice yeah. and discipline yeah. and catching those thoughts and flipping it, retraining mm-hmm. my brain and flipping it immediately yeah. and going back to God's word yeah. or, you know, and it, it's hard. It's not no. easy, but you, you can get yeah. there over time. Well, you just said you're nine years in and uh, in those nine years, I am sure that you have seen guide you, seeing God guide you in some amazing ways. So how, how has God shown up for you in your family on your special needs journey? How have you seen him just lead you and guide you as you are trying to navigate this special needs life. Yeah. I mean, I think there's been so many things. I mean, I think back to the early days when, you know, God, God in his kindness, he, you know, somehow Clara was getting three therapy sessions a week when that's not at all what our insurance Mm -hmm. was allotting, Mm -hmm. but we thought that's, I mean, we weren't doing anything unethical, but that's what we were being continued to be approved for. And, um, And so we were just taking her three times a week and the insurance was approving it and, you know, everything was, and it's, um, just the way that those early therapy sessions have, um, contributed to her, um, her, um, progress early on. You know, I think that's just one little practical example Mm -hmm. of like, God's like, okay, I'm going to watch out for you. I'm going to get this. I'm going to handle this, you know, just, um, to then just, I don't know, just being, uh, with us. And, um, I don't know, just the way that we hear that God's using Clara to, um, impact Mm -hmm. other people is just, is just really, really exciting and really fun to watch. 
Well, we at here at Rising Above, we are super big believers in the importance of acknowledging siblings because we feel like so often the siblings are overlooked, you know, with all that goes on with the care of the child with special needs. So often, you know, the siblings and their needs kind of get put on the back burner not right. just because of necessity and not because the parents wanting mm-hmm. to do that, but so oh yeah, absolutely. You've written a second book. You have your first book Desert Song, and you've written a second book. And I would love for you to share with us about your book for siblings. Yes. Okay. So thank you so much for letting me share. Um, it's been the, the last few years have been a passion project watching this come to fruition, but you know, God, a couple of years ago, just kept bringing this theme to mind to me, um, you know, as you said, for our families, a lot of the focus is on the child with special needs, right? Um, and a common thing we would hear from outsiders, you know, at to our family would be, Clara's amazing, Clara's awesome, you know, Clara works so hard, Clara is, you know, insert every positive adjective mm-hmm. you can imagine, Clara's a superhero, which 100% she is, and we absolutely believe that. That's the message we put out into the world mm-hmm. as her parents and her biggest advocates. But God, God kept bringing to mind this idea and this question of, oh man, you know, Clara is all those things, but what about Camille? Mm-hmm. What about all these siblings out there? These, you know, these typical siblings that are living with um, their sibling with disabilities, you know, they are superheroes too, mm-hmm. right? Because I just think about all the ways that I've watched my daughter Camille step up for her sister. Yeah and give her heart and her time and her attention to her sister and all the ways that she, um, you know, selflessly does this. Um, and I, and I see firsthand, just like many people do how so much of Camille's world revolves around Clara, Clara's needs, Clara's appointments, Clara's insert all the things. Right. And, um, that's pretty much how it goes. And, um, so it, God just kept bringing this, this, these thoughts to mind and, um, planted the idea for the book. I, I was looking for a resource for Camille actually. And I really wanted something to find something from a parent's voice speaking to her, just affirming, um, all the ways we see her Mm -hmm. shine in our family, the way we see her, uh, step in and step up for her sister but then also acknowledge some of the pain points that come with being the typical child in the family, because there are many. Yeah. Um, and I've watched those. And even at the young age of seven, you know, Camille and I have had these, some of these hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, not that acknowledging, you know, um, these pain points will necessarily change the dynamic, but at least we, we firmly believe there's so much power in acknowledging the dynamic exists to begin with. And so that's how the book was born. I was looking for a resource for Camille. I couldn't find it. And I just thought, man, surely if I, you know, if I'm looking for this book for my daughter, there's so many, you know, typical siblings out there, surely other people need this too. I'm just laughing, thinking about in that, what special needs parents do. It's like, there's nothing out there for our child we need to then let's create it, you know? Let's create it. Let's do it. Yes. So that is how your superhero two was born. Um, how the book came to be. And, um, you know, it's been so neat that clearly it's a children's book, right? Um, the images, uh, but, um, it's been so neat to see how this book is 
impacting people of all ages, mm-hmm. sibling of all ages, yeah. even those, you know, in their thirties, forties and fifties. Wow. Um, I've received messages from people of, you know, saying, I always knew my parents loved me and I always knew I was special, but, you know, thank you for putting words mm-hmm. to what it's like to be the typical, to wow. be the, to be me, right. to be the typical kid. Right? right. And that's been the coolest part is, um, just seeing it hit home for, mm-hmm. you know, siblings of all ages. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I know there are so many families who will be blessed by that book and siblings. And, and like I said, we, we see it all the time, this, the special needs siblings making sacrifices and yes. just to stop and honor them and acknowledge them and for, for, to have the voice of a parent speaking life over that, that right. individual, uh, it's that sibling is so critical. So, uh, I know that that will be a great, great resource for so many. And, you know, there's, there's so many other facets to your story. Like <laughs> there's so many other things like in, in, <laughs> there's, there's yes. lots in, in desert song there's a lot. and other things. And so how can people find your books? Your first one was desert song. Then you've got you are special, you are a superhero too. So how can people find your books? Where can they be found? Yes. So they can be found on Amazon, Barnes and Noble online, pretty much any online book retailer. Um, and then my website, which is brittanyblackburn.com. You can find both books there. Yeah. And so are you on social media? Can people find you on social media or yes, on Instagram, which is if you can find me on Instagram, just Brittany Blackburn on Facebook as well. And Instagram and my profile will link to my website where both books are um, listed there. And we'll be sure to include links in our show notes for your website and for the links for the books. So people can easily find them. And, and I will say, like I said, I read, uh, part of your book, desert song over the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's really a good read. And, and like I said, I sat at my desk crying yesterday as I'm reading about (laughs) the loss of your son. And just, I'm like, I felt like I was Mm -hmm. literally right there with you. And, um, so thank you for sharing your story. I, I know from our books, it's, it's hard putting yourself out there and it's hard putting the yeah. the realities of your life out there, but it's also so healing for ourselves and then for others to hear our story. So thank you for your willingness to share your story and thank you for your willingness to be on the podcast. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me and just being willing to share with a bigger audience, just about the books, but just my heart as well. And, um, Thank you for all the work you do for families like mine. You know, um, I know we chatted before we started recording about how I found um, your ministry through by the brook conference and just what a blessing that was to me at just the right time. And so I want to honor you and thank thank you you. for all the work you do um, and just your heart and your passion for, for our families. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show and um, appreciate your time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.